you are listening to the Gehenna Gaming Podcast, where we explore traditional tabletop and live-action role-playing games through the lens of horror. A special thank you to our Patreons for helping make this podcast possible. Settle in, Thin Bloods, grab a drink and your favorite set of dice, and let the darkness consume you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest Gehenna Gaming Podcast. Today, we have a special treat for you. We are talking with Hjalmar and Craig from Red Moon Roleplaying. Red Moon Roleplaying is an Emmy Award-winning podcast featuring radio drama-style actual plays of dark-themed games such as Cult, Divinity Lost, Mummy, and Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, I'm joined with my co-host, Mark, and this is Ian. And we are both huge fans of Red Moon Roleplaying and very happy to have them with us. So thank you for joining us, gentlemen. Thank you for having us. Super happy to be here. Indeed. So I want to kick off immediately with a uh, question that we ask everyone, and it's really like, how did you get into tabletop role-playing in the first place? Wow. I mean, for me, it was was kind of a, you know, journey back and forth for a long time where uh, I was really young, uh, let's say like, maybe eight or nine, and you had that sort of cool older brother of uh, your best friend who was doing role-playing, and they described how gruesome and gritty it was. And and I remember him sort of implementing that, you know, my one of my best friends in his writing in school essays and stuff. I, I remember particularly one in sort of primary school where he described this action hero who jumped over a fence and there was a wolf man there and he pushed a dagger through his rib cage and i'm like wow you write this stuff (laughs) 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 so young and i was like oh this sounds really cool and horrible let's do it let's get into this but they already had sort of their closed role-playing group uh so it took it took me a long time to actually find people to play with and for the longest time, I was only playing sort of, uh, you know, computer games like uh, Fallout series. I got into Neverwinter Nights and stuff like that, that you could play on your own. Uh, but actual tabletop uh, game playing was not until I was in the Swedish uh, military and uh, sitting down with a group of medics. And we suddenly find, found that we were all, you know, we wanted to get into role playing. So that's what we did, you know, on our uh, nights off. That's a that's a very common story. Um, a, a lot of uh, servicemen and women that I've talked to that are into the hobby um, really dug into it um, when they're when they're serving, and it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting. It's a very it's very common, but also to me a very unique story. Um, yeah. I, I, what was that like? I mean, you know, having having your your comrades together and sitting down and really digging into to role playing while you're serving. Yeah, it was like. You go beyond, you know, it's it's like some something, the normal everyday life that you have there, you know, with all the discipline, all the things together, all the camaraderie that you develop. But it feels like, in a way, you go around or you know something that no one else outside the group knows. It's like you, you share another kind of bond that just feels really cool. Yeah, it's got to feel like you know during the day I have my my day mission, and then mm-hmm. on downtime we have our night mission, which is even more special. Yes, exactly. <laughs> which is fun, you know, uh, it, because obviously there is a lot of sort of indirect role playing in your military training as well. You know, there's a lot of you you you, you you're faking a lot of situations when you're not in the actual stuff, you know, or 
you know, acting out their raps, I should say, rather than faking. But and so you're just taking it uh, sort of one step further with that. So I, I, quick question on that, you know, like as far as themes and tone, um, is this is this serving as a kind of escapism, um, or, or or do you just kind of it's something to do to pass the time? Specifically um, when you're when you're you know in the military and, and playing. In that particular, in the military, um, it's—I mean, either feels sort of like you would demean it in some way or another, because it's not really just about getting away, and it's sure. not really about just passing the time. It's—it's it's more about diving into, uh, sort of exploring yourself, uh, sort of at the same time as you do something that is also an exploration of yourself, which is the services too. Um, I would say, it, 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 yeah, it's more like an exploration, exploration that you that you do with people that you're put under pressure with, and uh, you, yeah, you 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 kind of get to act out. You know, what what if I did this differently, and what if I were this kind of person, um, and you kind of bring insp inspiration from the stressful situations that you are in as well, I guess. Yeah, that's great. It's almost like by pretending to be these people that are not you, you learn more about yourself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, of course, there's, there's hints of escapism as well, but it, it feels more like this is really fun and we're getting so close to each other by sharing this next level of uh, uh, adventuring or exploration, I guess. Sure. Yeah, that's great. But, Craig, what about what about yourself? What, you know, diving into uh, uh, tabletop gaming, what got you into it was the first game that you played. Well, uh, it's funny because, as uh, Hjalmar knows, uh, I actually got into proper, you know, what we consider tabletop role playing now quite late because for a lot of time I had no one to play with. Uh, I, you know, I did a bit of the thing I did as a kid for a while was wargaming, you know, uh, Warhammer, that sort of thing. Someone brought it into school one day and it was like, ah, this is great. You could be these things and attack each other. Uh, I would always <laughs> then be like, oh, yeah, they have little stories. And then my friends would be like, no, shut up. It's just about attacking. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I then, uh, you know, I, I started learning about it. I... Again, because no one could play, I was going to be, all right, one day I'll go and get a book. And as I've said on my thing, the first book I ever purchased, I think when I was about 18, 19 years old, was Changeling the Lost Second Edition. The first edition, first edition. Uh, and then, of course, back then I didn't realize that I didn't have the rules because that was a, for that sort of Chronicles of Darkness thing, those were, you know, they, those were... It, extra books. You had to buy a core rule book. And, yeah, exactly. Those were some. Yeah. So I was going through going, wait, how do you actually i don't do you just make it up well, there don't seem to be any there's power rules and that's it like how do you make the character <laughs> uh and then i bought dark heresy after that uh which i liked at the time <laughs> but again yeah tried a few games with friends didn't really fly and then i had to kind of settle for a online sort of either play by post games or internet uh muds you know multi-user dimension games where it was sort of like, here's a dungeon, but there is kind of a DM who runs it every now and then, type everything. And for many years, that was my role-playing, until roughly about, 
when I was 27, 28, I finally found someone who's like, oh yeah, do you want to join my game? It's like a homebrew World of Darkness game. And I was like, oh yes, yes, an actual game. Oh gosh, yes, this is great. And funnily <laughs> enough, that's where I met Yalmar a year or two into that. And then suddenly uh, that's how led on to proper lots and lots of gaming. Yeah. That's a very. That's also a very common story. You know, I'm. I'm. A, a, a lot of older players or, or would-be players that are now able to kind of connect um, and kind of run games digitally. Um, that's that's really exciting. You know, I'm 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 a father, so getting people together can be a little bit of a challenge. Um, yeah. And that kind of starts to happen around late twenties. You know, um, so it's pretty cool that you have something very similar to a lot of other people. Is that so? Your first game that that you played online was that with with Yamar? Uh, oh, so, okay, so let's say, well, okay, so the very first sort of tabletop game was a home, home, homebrew game of a friend of mine, completely his own setting, uh, was sort of like uh, <laughs> animal characters, let's say. It was really good. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, but then when I met Hjalmar, it was when we were playing yet yeah, a homebrew sort of world of, well, actually, funny enough, what what they've done now in Contagion, you know, <laughs> the, the Contagion Chronicle, where it was like the crossbreed of all of them. My friend was two or three years ago kind of doing his version of that. Like, there's mages and vampires and werewolves, and you all work together somehow. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. That uh, was a lot of fun, yeah. And you sort of, what you were mentioning before uh, about the, was it Path of Enlightenment? We, we, all, we were all these animals. Yes. That was kind of Skype-based, but uh, as to the first time, were you playing online, voice-based? Was that with us? Or, uh, it was with that, that group, yeah. First time actually communicating with people, yeah. I was a bit anxious, actually, because I'd gotten quite used to all the typing games. And I felt I came across <laughs> a lot better typing. You know, like, oh, yes, here's my grammar. And then in person, I was like, um, oh, uh, hi. hi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm probably going to age myself. But back in the day, you know, there was this uh, Yahoo chat. Right, and you would go in and join these various rooms where there would be, you know, like a, a Pathfinder, or Dungeons and Dragons fantasy type room, or World of Darkness, and there's a bunch of vampires yeah, and mages yeah, and werewolves. And when you actually sit down at a table and start kind of verbalizing a game, it feels feels a little different. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I I remember sort of part of my exploration of role playing was with uh, MIRC clients. Mm -hmm. uh, you're getting into channels where people are like doing Star Trek stuff, and suddenly I was a commander on a, you know, on exploring stuff, and I had data there next to me, and I didn't know shit because I wasn't much of a trekkie back then. Uh, but that was just embraced by people who wanted to someone to play with, and just got in there, and it was so much mm. fun. And uh, again, like I I said, I did years and years before my, all this. I did try and run Dark Heresy for some friends. But I just was completely new to it. And it was a bit like, well, we'll do it. But we don't really want to learn any of these rules you're trying to make us learn. And I was like, OK, OK, no one needs to learn the rules. Um, and then yeah, one session <laughs> and then they just weren't interested. And then that made me feel like, oh, no, I'll put the book back on the shelf for now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I want to talk about drama for a second. Um, you know, one just has to look at the new um, Helmgast release YouTube character creation, um, where he oh, walks yeah. us through uh, character creation, but also uh, GMing the game and play. I mean, there's, it's it's a very kitchen sink video that has everything you need to really get started, in my opinion. Oh, you do, you do you like it? It was fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. Aww. Yeah, but we're we're actually about to start our own uh, cult game, and so that was kind of their oh, their great. homework to watch that video. 
yep. Oh, nice, man. That that really warms my heart. I'm really happy to hear that. That's so cool because I put in quite a, a bit of work into it and tried to make it really slick and stuff. But I was really, it was such a long time uh, between me recording it and it actually being released that I I got you know time to get you know perfectionist and being worried about how it how it's gonna get you know received and stuff. Um, and during that time, we also I, I also sorry, I also talked to uh, to Helmgast and that they were thinking that they might do a follow up video. Uh, I'll see where that goes uh but sort of um more in depth yeah a, a next kind of a, a level of examples of how you can play the game and uh use your uh moves and yeah other things i, I shan't say too much but it's, it's really nice to hear about this uh the, that, that you liked it and that you're even giving it as homework to your players <laughs> <laughs> yeah and th thank oh, you yeah. for giving us a bit of news on that that's pretty exciting we'll uh keep a tight lip and mm. uh, look out for it <laughs> this, uh, this, uh... I will be particularly interested because, uh, like Mark mentioned, uh, he's going to be running a, a cult game. I'm going to be playing in it, and I very recently discovered cult, so I'm trying to yeah. absorb as much as possible as about the system and the, awesome. the way it works. Yeah, there is. Uh, I mean, it's to me, it's become quite straightforward. I kind of had to just throw myself into it uh, as if we're going to talk about cult a bit, but that that's. What first happened was that Matthias, uh, who was also in Redmond role-playing, I mean, one of our three founding members, which is me, him, and Craig, uh, he contacted me and was talking about that he would like to start doing, you know, online gaming and record it and see what we could turn it into. Uh, and he had a friend who was really good at Cult, uh, and we did a test session, and that was my first sort of step into that universe. And... I, I don't know. I, I was really nervous because obviously it was new to me then. And I just threw myself into it. I tried to create a character and yeah, it turned out really easy to get into. Just as long as you have a, a competent GM uh, sort of to take you along the trip. And I guess I've been really fortunate there having worked with Matthias and other people then that really know their stuff. So uh, that that kind of didn't turn out to be the three of us that did the podcast obviously it's it's craig instead <laughs> because uh the other friend that we tried it with he wasn't completely comfortable with having everything recorded and also talking english and all that stuff uh so uh but that was that was sort of my first steps into it and, mm. and, it, yeah. and my first steps into it were quite easy because uh Obviously, Cult is quite similar to its Apocalypse World engine type games. And I had, during that period of time, really got his Dungeon World, another game I tried to run with two or three friends and couldn't. <laughs> but I just loved that sort of style. And so for me, when I started playing Cult, the initial concepts of it being a lot more about how you do things rather than, you know, your D&D type game, where it's like, here is a, your exact rules for everything. I found that quite easy to adapt to quickly, but it's still quite tricky for a newer player, I think. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're you know, I'm fairly new to it myself. Um, so kind of getting used to the system um, is, is a little bit of a learning curve, but it's, it's good. It's a good segue into um, the question I want to ask about, about your approach in the podcast, um, particularly with, with the actual play. I mean, the, you know, I mentioned drama before um, and, and both of you have a way of, of, not just describing what your character is doing, describing what your character is feeling and a certain inflection for, for all of your characters um, is pretty impressive. And this is, this is something that 
I found is very unique to the radio drama style um, that you guys have have decided on. Was there is this a a specific choice that you made for Redmond role playing, or is this just something that came through through editing or just your general playing style? Well, what do you think, hmm. Craig? I feel it was one of those things where when we started, we all kind of had this concept, and the concept was especially initially initially. What would happen if, number one, you play a horror role-playing game and you're actually scared? This is something that there's plenty of audio horror online pre-written. And pre-written, you know, there's brilliant stuff. You know, people are scared in that. But when it comes to, at the time, a lot of actual play, in most games, horror, people aren't scared. Why would you be? It's like, yeah, a ghost, I get out my Axe Plus 10 and kill it. You, you know, I mean, why would I be scared of the ghost? Like, I, I have a hundred weapons, and I'm extremely, I'm a, I'm a powerful sorcerer. I'm a mighty paladin. You know, why would you be scared of anything? So, first of all, let's see what happens if we generally try and be like, what would it actually feel like if you saw a ghost and you were a normal person? I would be freaked out. So, what? How does that sound? And we also really just wanted to really get into the narrative, which is something that I always really enjoyed myself. Uh, again. Back in the day of playing those board games, I'd always be like, you know, not always in a good way, making up a silly story. And a lot of my friends would be like, all right, calm down, get on with your move. Or like, come on, yeah, no, no, we're, 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 enough of the backstory. Because <laughs> again, they were there to play board <laughs> yeah. games. Uh, and I just like, what would happen if you really were like, cut down on the joking and chatter, and you just really go for it. And the GM does as well to really make it that sort of experience you think of when you first go into it, like, oh, like a proper movie or a story, a shared story. And I think initially it was all a bit like, is that even going to work? Maybe it will sound awful. Maybe it sounds boring. You know, maybe people don't like that sort of thing. But we did. <laughs> and all three of us. And the fact, and I think the most important thing was that all three of us suddenly then kind of just clicked. And we all enjoyed it. Which again, I feel is this, one of the other important things is that everyone else is having fun as well. If one person's being serious, but someone else just wants to relax, then that's not good. That's no fun. That's not fun. But in this case, all of us went, oh, yeah, we're actually enjoying doing this. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, Matthias sort of when he went into this, because uh, he was the one that took the first initiative, he... He knew that he wanted to hear more of this. He had heard of, because he's an avid listener of different podcasts himself, himself. And he had, he had heard, you know, the, the, a, a small smattering of, of podcasts that are doing this, that are doing more in person, trying to, you know, tone down on the, I roll a one, I'm about to die. <laughs> Nervous laughter, you know, what, like you do, you like, uh, you, you're in the, you're in a horrible situation. Your character is facing something really horrible, and you roll badly. I, I think, at least, I don't know if you guys. I, I assume that you guys can relate. That the first reaction is to do a sort of uh, yeah, some kind of laughter. some kind of some kind of bit. Or uh, that's I rely on on laughter and humor, and I just can't <laughs> stop joking around at a at a tabletop. Um, <laughs> So I believe me, I, compl I completely <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, right? or, <laughs> or the reaction is to get really angry. Like, oh, buddy, got a yeah. one again. Yeah. Oh, this sucks. You know, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, but anyways, it's like all of those reactions are sort of out of character. So like, okay, so he missed he missed that uh, not having enough of that, and so he's, he's like, okay, well maybe we could slot into this kind of niche and um, and try this out. And uh, while you ask, you know, about if um, you, you mentioned like radio drama, and that's not something that we really had in mind. That was something that came after a while, you know, when we started getting feedback on this, that people were saying like, oh, it's kind of like a radio drama. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. And then some people started asking us if it was scripted and what yep. bits were scripted, you know. Uh, <laughs> some people actually didn't believe us when we were saying that no i mean we're playing a, a campaign but everything we are doing is reacting to to the stuff uh what about the summary <laughs> what about the summaries so like in between yeah. episodes the very beginning there'll be you know yeah, yeah, yeah. is that is that ad-libbed the the intros that we have um well uh it's been kind of different depending on the campaign but usually it's been uh, no that that's been sort of recorded afterwards, you know, uh, when the episode is about to be released and when we actually know what the episode is going to contain because sometimes due to cutting, uh, maybe we ha don't have enough in one session to fill, you know, entire, two entire episodes. We don't know exactly when it's going to be time for an intro. So we never record those sort of in session. Those are always prepared by us separately. So that, I would say, that, that would be the exception of the scripted bit. Uh, but I can also add uh, that there has been times when Matthias has said something like before a session, like he has said something like, okay, uh, think of a memory or something that somewhere that you want to go with your character, something you want to describe to us and uh, prepare whatever you like, you know, around that. Or uh, as in the Black Madonna, he said, like, what would... What would um, Bjorn, my character, do if he went on a drug trip and in this state of mind that he is in now? Uh, think of that before the session. And then I had time to sort of, okay, I'll, I'll prepare something that I think would be cool for the character. Very cool. Uh, it kind of gives you a little monologue. Because it was, again, we've changed it around a little for newer shows, but in the first Black Madonna season, I think it was just that I think initially it was going to just be a recap. Like, let's do a recap. And then as we did it more and more, we went, it's kind of fun to just make it about the character. And then, and you may notice they become less and less recappy as we've gone on. Like, mm. they're now completely like, what happened? I don't know what happened last episode, but I'm feeling this now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. At a certain it's true. point. It was very much a, a recap uh, when we started out. Like, just exactly, this is what happened. Oh, shit, what are we going to do now? Uh, and then suddenly, I, I mean, I started really enjoying sort of spacing out a bit and, you know, let's ignore what's happened right now and take you, take the listeners back a bit uh, to the character's past. And maybe you get a chance to connect with the character a bit more as this episode is about to start. It's almost like in a TV series that you watch, uh, it's going ahead and then suddenly you get this flashback in order to prepare yourself for what's going to happen next and why the character reacts as they do. Mm. And I, yeah, we try different approaches. I don't know what, what people would actually, in the end, have liked the most. There's something I want to ask in, in, in relation to that. Um, as far as like the, 
emotional depth um, and the, the complexities of the personalities of the characters that you're developing. I'm sure this is probably a voice that you kind of build through the game itself after character creation, um, maybe after a couple of episodes or maybe even after the first episode. Um, yeah. Kind of what's your what's your process? And, and I'm not asking about character creation so much as I am more asking about kind of adding color and tone and depth to the characters that you play? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I feel at this point, I should mention that both myself and Hyalmar have acting backgrounds. So admittedly for me, when you say like, how do you come with a character? I'm like, well, you know, I just think it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, no, it should be better though than that. Um, I suppose it's a combination of, so first of all, taking what your role you think in the story is you know, the whole role-playing aspect, like what sort of character have you created? Are they, uh, you know, there to be like sort of like the wise person, the, the the comic relief, the sort of the inquisitive type, the something else type? You start with that. And then I try and add on something a little different because I'm like, okay, what would be the most stereotypical fighter, for example? And they go, okay, what's, think of one thing, <laughs> one thing that maybe isn't so stereotypical, something different, one little trait about them. And then I go from there and then I just try and find a voice. I do feel uh, in most of the campaigns we've done that for me to really get into the character, I do kind of need a, a first session. Like I find I have an idea, but it takes that first couple of interactions, especially with the other players and the DM to really start finding out things, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, I have an idea and then in mid that first session you go, actually, maybe I'll do this. And if it works with your, the group, then you go, okay, the group like that, yeah, and then and that, I think, is my starting process, I guess. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Hjalmar, what about you? How do you, uh, how do you kind of prepare? Um, well, so much come into the session zero, I, I kind of feel. I, I, I want to think of a better answer here, but um, I, I suppose it's easier to take sort of examples of the characters that we've used and uh, if you take Roshik, for example, a half-orc that I played in Curse of Strahd, uh, I, was, I was taking inspiration for his sort of slow uh, way of talking. It kind of came from a, a, a what's it called? Um, a, a costume designer that I was working with in a theater production because she talked... I I can't really get do, do it now <laughs> without getting into Roshik and you start talking a bit slow and you know like this. But she had a she was obviously a woman and, and had a completely different voice. But she just inspired me for the sort of tempo that he had, and I found that the podcast is a really amazing thing for letting me explore accents and see what they do to you as a and your character with minimal judgment say that i wanted to do an accent in a play where i'm suddenly standing in front of an audience um, especially if i was were to take you know a british accent a particular british accent here in the uk and me being a swede i i, I would be a bit nervous about it and i have done it anyways but when you're doing it for the podcast and i'm suddenly i want to play like um we're doing in chicago by night now i'm gonna i want to try a chicago accent and i you know i'm I, I watch videos and I get ideas of how I should do that and then see like, okay, so how could, how could this character be affected by how he, he or she talks, mm. you know? Uh, well, um, 
and it it just does something and i always uh, i don't know if it always has been a thing but it feels like the voice adds a lot to what the character is like i think me. that's true <laughs> i i funny funny story for you in terms of black madonna you know our first thing a lot of people really liked my yeah. uh very british accent in that one and literally all i was doing was lowering yeah. my real voice a little because it was because it was the first <laughs> thing we did i was really nervous about oh I'll put on a bad accent and people think it's silly so i just like i'm just gonna try and speak naturally yeah. for this one and clear and, yeah. yeah i was playing safe there as well mm. definitely I, I was um because my character was pretending to be swedish uh who had lived in the u.s so i was like yeah fine if a swedish accent comes through and then after a while we just more or less you know rolled with it and decided that you know who cares we we want to encourage people to play any character we don't want to like be the the, the person like okay if if this is what kind of accent I can do, then this is the kind of character that I could play. That would be terrible. Oh yeah, of course. So. And um, if you listen to our D and D stuff, you'll know I'm much, <laughs> much better at silly voices. Serious voices are hard. <laughs> silly voices are easy. You just you know elongate your word. Like, hey, how you doing? You know, hello. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for all of the voice work because I am terrible at doing anything other than a silly voice or a. <laughs> awful russian mobster accent so oh yeah the russian ones are great i love i love tricking on the russian accents i uh, do, yeah. I, I, I do want to touch on something you said a, a bit earlier um when you were talking mm -hmm. about kind of what inspired you to start with red moon role playing and working together um and i think that some of the advice you gave regarding the approach to gaming and not kind of uh, approaching it you know where it's actually exploring emotions through this, yeah. the game is really important for people um and i wanted to ask you've worked with uh, quite a few different um game master storytellers now mm -hmm. like matthew dawkins and martin erickson and obviously yeah. together what how do you feel uh what was it like working with different people as and particularly people who wrote the material um that is now published and played by other people around the world um coming into from your own core trio into working with like matthew dawkins for the summit it was is it was mad you know when we first started started talking about that it was like uh is this actually gonna come through are we actually gonna be able to play with these you know sort of powerhouses almost in their business uh that that just can take the world and do anything with it because they know it so well so inside out and i can i can play anything in that world with their help because they know it so well um so there was talk for a long time before we actually started uh, playing uh, with martin and it was it was like i was i was buzzing i was i was really really excited about this because i had only touched a bit on world of darkness before as well and there's such a rich you know story and setting to the whole vampire setting there's so much to know uh that i was i was you know i was nervous in getting into that uh but martin is this really lovely caring guy who makes an amazing amount of research into whatever he's going to do just to make sure he hits accuracy and um, the tone for everything. 
and here i i mean i i found myself you know shivering mm. <laughs> so often you know pleasantly you know getting these goosebumps in the situations like he would just throw us into and really yeah. quickly too <sighs> like the first episode of no man is an island it's uh it's so brutal it goes straight into it and it's he's like he's no he's like you know he knows everything about it because partly he does because he was kind of there he he was this kind of uh really uh i i i i this is what he said at least he's like he was he was he used to be in those kind of protests you know the left wing uh really trying to you know stand up to the man and all that stuff uh, so he knows everything about that. And what he doesn't know, he makes tremendous research on, which has inspired me, you know, for my future characters, like when I was going to play the, uh, the Persian character in our, uh, who was a child soldier. I was like, okay, now I really, I really need to make my research here. And I was so inspired by Martin when it came to that, uh, to, to really flesh out that out and look at interviews. Uh, tr I, I tried to, find people, talk to people uh, that I could. Uh, I guess that ties in with your previous question as well, with the, the back uh, story and the extra research. But Martin has definitely been one to inspire when it comes to that. Mm. Especially that, that, that very kind of first beginning um, kind of session zero episodes that you had with the, the interviews um, ah. and creating your characters in that such an experiential way. Is, it, I can, you can hear you guys kind of uh, developing your character through that interview. Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty interesting. <laughs> it's really funny. That was, that was really fun. And and also brings a bit of sort of, you, you have to really let go of all prestige because you know that you're, you're testing something and you don't know how it's going to go. And you don't have to sit there and like know everything that you're going to do because you know, that's, it is a session zero. He's just stylizing it. And we still want to have this sort of discussion, which I love having with the GM. Like, what do you think about this together with that? Is it going to work? And how about the other characters and what's appropriate and uh, what's, what would be fun that we really had throughout that. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm pleased that you bring mm. that up. And, uh, uh, for myself as well, uh, you said Matthew Dawkins. I was a big fan of him <laughs> um, many, many years ago, like his, you know, his Gentleman Gamer's Guide to things. So for me, the first session, I was like, I just need to get this out of the way. Oh, God. Um, anyway, going back to people. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Now let's <laughs> Exactly. Well, it totally, totally. was. Uh, and again, uh, his style is very much our style. It turns out, you know, he's very into those deep stuff. And we just rolled with it. And uh, we've had some great times. And we've had some. And that one thing we've I, I felt initially was I was a bit worried with some of our uh, guest DMs. I was always worried, oh, no, is maybe our style a bit like they'll be like, oh, this is a bit serious or no, have, you know, this isn't me. And almost everyone's enjoyed themselves. And it's all it just it's just worked. Yeah. It's just always we've always gelled because like at the end of the especially when we have a guest, my rule is like I'm doing whatever that guest DM says. Like his style of game, her style of yeah. game, I'm going to play it their way. I'm not going to be like, this is, you know, because that's the point. Uh, like, for example, when we played with Robin D. Law, Fear Itself, his mm. new game, oh, that was great. And and he's a, a big name yeah. in the industry. And I was just like, oh, hi. And, and, and he was a really nice guy. And we had a lovely little one shot. And it was just a really fun, atmospheric little one shot. If, I don't know if you listened to that one. Yeah. Uh, but I was... 
we played that and we played Nibiru. We we played mm. so many games, and like you said, everyone was keen to. Uh, I don't know. Do it. It feels like a bit uh, <laughs> diva-ish to say it our way because it's obviously it's not like we made this way oh, of no. playing, but. Uh, to 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 do it in that style, and I think what we hold on to most of all is the sort of immersiveness. And then it doesn't have to be dark all the time. Mm. It can be it can be fun and silly, but we're just trying to stay in the character and talk. Um, and I think I find talking in first person really helps. Not all our guests do that and are comfortable or used to doing that. But for me, it really it really helps that it's it's about me in that moment, what I'm doing, you know? You're becoming that character and, and having that level of immersiveness really helps to not just, you know, sell mm. the actual story that's being told collaboratively, but get yeah. everybody on board with it. Mm. Um, and it's it's interesting. It's, and it lends itself very well um, to games like Cole, where, you know, the fiction is the most important, right? The experience that everybody's having is the most <laughs> important. And it can be quite funny. I mean, there are, there are times where you guys are, are, are pretty funny, especially in a, such a dark game like Cult. It's fun too, because you mentioned Cult just in this sort of context. Uh, I have the rule book here. I'm, uh, I'm about to start GMing uh, professionally, which is fun. It's a new step for me. Uh, since as you, I don't know if you have noticed this, but I'm I have not GM'd on the show thus far. I was uh, going to ask about mm, that. Oh, okay, <laughs> maybe we'll get there too. But what I wanted to say, sort of, I was skimming through these pages, and one paragraph literally says that always address the players as the persons uh, when you are game mastering, and encourage them to play as. Mm -hmm persons and speak of themselves you know what i'm talking about you you read this the, 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 yes. the principles yeah <laughs> yes exactly there you go i think that that can apply to to any game i i try to do that in my uh vampire the masquerade games i refer to good characters and push that um since you just touched on it uh, i wanted to ask <laughs> As the follow-up, you know, obviously, um, Craig, you were the dungeon master for Curse of Strahd, and you, Matthias has run so many of your games. Uh, I was going to ask when we were going to get to hear you uh, be a game master. Well, there you go. Maybe you can, uh, well, maybe you can say a little on that. Um, I, I, the reason Matthias does so much, by the way, is because I think he's one of the, the better of... Well, I feel he's better than me anyway. I, I consider myself a very amateur DM, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm quite, I, I, I'm always very happy when people say they're enjoying my stuff because I'm like, thank you, I, I'm trying. <laughs> well, obviously, you made it very well so far and you've gotten a lot of praise. So don't forget mm -hmm. that, Craig. You're doing, you're doing very oh. well and you know that we are enjoying it. And you know that... Uh, you I, want I, I would repeat to, yeah. that as well. You guys, you're definitely kicking yeah. ass for sure. Oh, thank you, mm. thank mm. you. I, I, thanks. That means a lot. Because I, I don't know, maybe I'm a bit hard on myself. Because like, I, I always feel a bit like, yeah. oh, I could be better, and I always struggle with oh, rules, especially D and D rules. <laughs> I still always have to be like, wait, what does that spell yeah, do again? Rules. Let me just check that. <laughs> Reflex save. But um, yes, <laughs> and which is mostly what you have been been able to do on this show. But yeah, I I, I look forward to you uh, GMing some other systems. But as yeah, well. Yama, what do you what do you say? Yes, well, I, I this is a subject that has come up several times. Maybe I mean not since the inception, but 
at least after the first six months of Breadman role-playing, like, uh, could I game us or something? Could I do something? And initially, I was always leading the... I, th th my initial part in Redmond role-playing was leading the Ask for the Moon sessions where we take questions from our patrons. And I was having fun editing the intros to those. If you listen to like the first 15 intros, you'll find that they're most often different. And I make something really creative with sound effects and stuff, which I have now imported to my editing of uh, our Vampire the Masquerade stuff. Uh, and in between also did on Coriolis. But anyways, I digress. We were talking about when I would be GMing and we had ideas that I would do because I really wanted to do space horror. So we were looking at systems that I could do that with because uh, I love space horror. It's a special place in my heart. Um, but it never really turned into something because I happen to always be busy with something else. And now I'm definitely super busy with editing the stuff that we get from our magnificent guest GMs and the stuff we do there. Um, but we just created a new Patreon level, uh, two levels actually, one where you get to play monthly with Craig and one where you get to play uh, bi-monthly with me in a one-on-one -on -one session in Cult. And having done the video for Helmgast and all that preparation and working with the system, I feel confident in doing it and I feel it's going to be a lot of fun. But as to when we will actually hear me GM on the show, maybe that is something that will come from this as uh, I now sort of start taking on the GM gloves. Mm, I know, <laughs> I'll be looking forward to it. If anybody, if anybody wants, to, uh, wants to find you um, on Patreon, you can, you can find uh, patreon.com slash redmoonroleplaying um and and sign up and and see what's going on there i'm I'm pretty excited about it i think it's really interesting um kind of diving into gming and kind of reaching out to your patrons and and giving them the same kind of experience that they're they love hearing on uh, exactly playing. it's gonna be oh, really yeah. exciting uh like i said like for my i i have uh currently one player and uh yeah really looking for because i think for some games that would be a bit of a challenge but actually for cult one-on-one -on -one is actually quite good uh, for you know that sort of story, mm -hmm. and I'm really looking forward to it. Again, a bit nervous because I'll be you know completely making my own cult story. Yeah. on, which is fun, you know, because the system really encourages that with the dramatic hooks and all that stuff. But we have so far only played, um, you know, how would you call it? Pre-written stories, I guess. scenarios. I would call it probably scenarios. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You know, uh, this is uh, one of the things you have done that too. Uh, now you have GM'd uh, a bit of cult, uh, Craig, with um, Oakwood mm. Heights. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, but which was for with some people from Encounter Roleplay. Actually, they were great, great players. Yeah, that was that was a that was a really good one. It's one of my favorites. Actually, did really. Oh, thank uh, you, thank you. That was... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not just pissing in your pocket. I mean, it's it's one, it's one of my. Favorites. My biggest worry with that one was that they were amazing players. But again, I was really worried because it was it had to be like in you know one shot to frame towards the end. Especially, I was really like, oh, is this, am I rushing it now? Am I rushing it? But apparently, I didn't. Yeah. Does it feel like on the rails? Yeah, because or... it did. Because I was thinking, we only have an hour uh, left. I have to like ah, the monster's here now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you talked about kind of developing your own your own game, mm -hmm. um, and with Colt, you know there are some mature and and, and extreme themes um, that you have to handle. I think the the horror contract mm -hmm. 
um, does a, a really good job to kind of help set the stage for for consent um, and you know putting the expectations for what kind of game everybody can can look forward to playing. How are you handling um, in in making your own game and, and running running cult yourself? Like how do you handle um, some of the more mature and, and extreme themes of cult for your mm. game? Well, I think first of all. I apply my own horror take on it, which I have done in all my work, uh, which is that, um, how to best put it? Well, first of all, I, 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 horror in general, I am the kind of, my interest in horror has always been in stories. I've never been that interested in, you know, ex exploitive, like, yeah, you know, this is disturbing. That's why it's scary type stuff. So for example, for me, uh, the first um, Saw film, kind of interesting there was an interesting story there i kind of liked it and then you have your hostel yeah. i've never watched it i don't really want to i've just like what's the story people get or the human centipede <laughs> what happens to the human oh some people have something horrible done to them and and then <laughs> some medical accuracy <laughs> <laughs> so i think that's always been a thing for me is that i i i'm not into that sort of horror even though i am a horror fan for me it has to be like you know it's things like you know haunting you know, like a that, um, haunting of Hill House, like that sort of horror. Like, mm -hmm. here's an actual story. Here are some characters, and here's what happens to them. So, for me, the horror contract is very much like first of all, making sure my players would be comfortable with what I'm going to do, telling them already that I'm not gonna, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to push the limit when it comes to their comfort because that's not what I want. I, I prefer things being subtle, and I think in cult you can be very subtle, really. Well, I think in our show, like so many times, Matthias has just said something. You just feel something's happening, and it sounds like, oh god, that sounds awful. And then, and then he just shows one thing, one thing, and that's enough to make it all. Hmm. Yeah, it's, there's so many times in the Black Madonna where I get he'll say something seemingly innocuous, and I shiver, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, he didn't yeah. even really say anything, but it just chills <laughs> down my spine. It's so yeah. it's fantastic. And and uh, Matthew is the king of everything he says sounds threatening yep. <laughs> a character says hello it's like he'll be like the person says hello how are you it's like i i, I think i'm <laughs> and to me that is what i love that's why they're not like ah oh, it's a giant 10 foot monster and it's naked and it's Got, you know, uh, blah, 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 you know, um, that sort of thing, and uh, and also, you know, making people feel uncomfortable. Like I know that some people's take on horror is, oh, you want to make people feel uncomfortable. It's like I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. I want them to be entertained and just feel a little unsettled. Yeah, no, I really love the um, where things have moved with what themes people want to explore and what to stay clear of, and how how natural it has become to have that as your first talks before your first session uh what what what's themes you might be if you've prepared something specific like you go through with the players this is kind of what i want to explore these themes is there anything that you would prefer not to uh explore there uh, anything specific and then aside from that what would you not want to go into? And it's just so nice to have that sort of preemptively dealt with. And then to talk about it afterwards, because you don't know sometimes. I, I don't know myself because I've been lucky enough to not have been particularly traumatized growing up that I am happy to explore most themes when it comes to both my acting and my role playing. 
But that also can lead to situations which can be quite challenging, I would say. There's been times when we had to talk about things afterwards, and it's always good that we have these GMs who really encourage this, and we always talk after we've finished a session. And most often we're just really excited. But I noticed, for example, that uh, me as a person, I'm not good at, you know, running my mouth quickly at someone when I get into a conflict. I just uh, not sure what to say. And sometimes something really clever and, and decisive comes out. Uh, but there's been times where I feel like a bit upset afterwards when I was so immersed into the character and I didn't know how to react or what to do. So you just sort of clear the air and mm. it, it's such a so cool feeling. It's sort of like um, it kind of it, like when you get into an argument with somebody, you think of yeah. you know like the perfect thing to say afterwards. What do they call it? Like uh, the stair logic or or yeah. front door logic, where you you're yeah. you're leaving you're leaving the argument. And you come back like, ah, damn it, I should have said this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And but then again, often if you hadn't if you had said it, to me, it's those things that I come up with, you know, after it would be something that would be either snide or hurtful or stinging, you know, and maybe it's good that you didn't say those, but instead have a a talk a a bit afterwards. And that's kind of, that's kind of fun too. If you're talking about your normal personal, personal relationships with people, how you can get in a fight, get into a fight with someone. But if, if, if it is someone that you talk to and, can you sort of really go through and dissect it afterwards and get to the bottom of what went wrong, then you your relationship will usually turn out stronger if if you really take it seriously and talk about uh, it. One thing I definitely feel about cult uh, in terms of like that that whole chapter, like the principles, the horror contract, as well as I think it does a really good job of you know having safety information there. And also saying that cult is a game. If something in that book you don't like, you don't need to use it. You're still playing the game fine. Mm. And that I, I like that. I like it. It doesn't feel, oh, you're not playing the game right. No, no, no. You can totally have half that stuff not in your game. As long as people are comfortable, it's fine. Like, there are bits in the book. I even, I, the, <laughs> there are bits in the book even I'm like, okay, no, that's too much <laughs> for me. And that's fine. I won't, <laughs> I won't use those. But that's fine. <laughs> we, like the, we uh, what is it, the about... cathedral? or what, what section of the book yeah. or it oh, was in great detail and... oh let's say uh <laughs> the part about let, let's just say the doll there we go that uh, yeah. oh god mm. oh god it's horrifying uh, 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 I, yeah. the enemy the enemy the doll yeah the, the or the aberration yeah the yeah they one of the graphic yeah one of the enemies called a doll it even has a picture <laughs> It's a horrible picture. It's a horrible thing. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I haven't gotten so that part. I yet. would say that. Uh, so we're like, yeah. What, what if a patron? What if a patron comes to you? Like, I, I only, I, I will this level if, uh, if uh, we get to explore this. I want, I want. To in, my, in that <laughs> case, I might have to say that's my personal line. I'm afraid, but. One thing I will say, yeah, one thing I will say is that for uh, one of the, the things we discussed for Summit was uh, Yafi himself saying, I don't actually quite like children be, to, to be in too much peril. So we are very, you can tell yeah. uh, if you've listened to that first episode, how like just even the concept of like them being kidnapped was actually like, oh my God. My child was kidnapped. I'm generally upset right now. Like you can hear it. It's like, oh God, fuck. Uh, yeah. Yep. 
even just yeah. that, just a little bit of kidnapping. And that yeah. was uh, that was Matthias' idea from the mm. start, like how how to make this strong and create a really strong motivation for us to want to get these people back is that we play normal parents. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> and he, yeah, it's he really succeeded there. Oh gosh, I mean, I'm not a parent myself uh, yet, but to get you know thrown into that with these people that was uh it was very intense it felt but, very but, real because Matthew, and... ma both matthias and matthew are so it was like yeah that episode particularly resonated with me because i i am a parent yeah. so it's sort of like yeah punch them yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what would you do yeah yeah it's at the same time it's also you feel the visceral fear and, and you and you hear the emotion in your voice and it's it's it feels very yeah. real for sure yeah and just the fact that one of us um, initially has, or fairly early, I don't remember actually how it started, but one of us fairly early uh, gets their child back. And what do you do then when you know that you have, there are still other children in peril, but what if this is my way out with my child? And then I have these other friends and parents with me. Do I venture further to help them or... What do I do? I mean, very cool moment. Oh yeah, go on. Where, where, where? There's a very cool moment where it's like, okay, cool. Oh yeah, I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm so happy your child is, is, is safe. And there's yeah. this kind of beat where it's, it's almost like oh, survival guilt, and uh -huh. you know, it's, it's, it's pretty devastating. Yeah, there's multiple points where you say our ch your children, <laughs> and I was yeah. like, ooh. ooh all uh, I'll say, all um, I'll say is Matthew was very aware of that conflict, and that continues. That's all I'll say. That that simple idea of what happens if one person saves the kid and the others haven't. Um, but how about then we, uh, because we can't talk too much about Summit, but how about we go out into Black Madonna? Black Madonna. There was a lot of. Again, we were very careful when that would like, because, you know, some of the subject matter of that involving the children, like, we barely touched on it, really, because we didn't want, you know, like, okay, so that's the cages. But even that scene with um, spoilers, 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 if you haven't listened. Uh-oh, wait, hold on. I'm actually not oh, done with oh, it. Oh, no. I, I've been listening to you guys stuff in a weird order, is, and I'm in yeah, the middle exactly. of Black Madonna right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe not... Well, it, 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 in that case, I'll be more vague about it and just say a certain part where Bjorn, uh, a, a, something, a certain someone drowning in something and it was very trying to pull them out and maybe it was all a dream type. You, you know that scene I'm talking about. Mm. Yeah, 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 that was again. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. Yeah. I've forgotten about that. <laughs> yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> memories. Mm. It's, memories. It's, it's, it's very it was very brutal uh and and again very emotional the way that your reflection too was just god damn yeah that was tough yeah oh that was incredible wow I wow but I, that that leads yeah. me to to a question that i want to ask both of you um mm -hmm. kind of what is your favorite thing or your favorite approach that the 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 other takes um like yamar what do you like about how craig plays and craig the uh, vice versa Hmm. What don't I like? <laughs> uh, the ass kissing section of our uh, segment. Of our uh, yes, that's why we're here. Um, God damn it, Craig. Uh... <laughs> you can you know what? I can't start. I really love um, Mikhail's voice work. 
he was saying, I think he's really yeah. good at experimenting with accent. Uh, I, I personally don't think I'm as good at that. I think I can come. I think I'm kind of the voice guy who has a few distinct voices, and then I just kind of play with them. But mm. I, I think I'm terrible at any real life accent. Like I can't do any. Um, so I really appreciate Hyama's work there, and I also I love that yeah. with Hyama's characters, there's always this element of real. <sighs> he always just tries to find these scenes of emotion, and it just comes out, and it's really hard not to play off it. If you know what I mean, like, um, did you, anyone, did you guys listen to the Isle of the Dead one we did? I was playing a teenage girl. Oh, also like 18, 19 year old girl. Uh, and I was like this sort of middle-aged woman. <laughs> uh, we were in this sort of, it's like, it's sort of like a lost type thing. It's basically a lost um, cult scenario. Yeah. And that was in. Yeah. And you just, again, hmm. you just have these moments of being very like, well, I'll tell you what, yeah, go back to Bjorn. It was when Bjorn was just talking about some of his past as it gets revealed as it goes on. And my character was just very, I want to help this man. I want to help you and be your friend. And it, it's, it's so easy. It's just so easy because he just makes you want to go into what he's doing. At least when I'm a nice character. <laughs> as for, <laughs> In one or two of my other, other games, I'm a little bit, I, I'm when I'm mean characters, I'm a bit mean to Gamma. Yeah, you get a little cutting for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that I think is yeah, that is probably the thing that I appreciate with you the most. I was gonna say sort of how how Craig um, he's not afraid usually to to get into a bit of conflict uh, if if it if the character calls for it. I think me there, I I still. I still often kind of want to keep the group together a bit. I, I don't know if that's completely true, but <laughs> it, it, it feels more sort of you don't really know with Craig always if he's going to have your back. And that kind of puts you on your toes and you can get these super warm moments and then you can get these sort of uh, where you're like siblings and you're suddenly yapping at each <laughs> other. And then you can get completely antagonistic moments too. And I, I just find it really spurs the drama really well. And it, it, it gets me worked up. And afterwards, sometimes we have to like, oh gosh, this your character was horrible to mine this mm. session. I know we had some reason. <laughs> Especially in like, our, have you guys listened to the Chicago? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> because his character there is so awful to poor Alan. <laughs> Alan says, "Yeah, you know this kind of this kind of guy who just want to get on with things and you know, let's stick together, man." And he he is uh, suddenly he's like looking at me in a strange way and sort of forming an alliance with uh, Matthew's character, and uh, I feel like, what am I doing here? And <laughs> Are <laughs> we talking about that afterwards? Yes, well, it was when I, especially uh, at one point when, like, because to me it was the most natural thing to say, like, oh, that's not helpful. And then afterwards, I was like, wait, I didn't yes. mean that, like, as an actual player. I'm so sorry. What you were actually doing was really fun and interesting. <laughs> it was just my character. Yes. <laughs> that was really oh. funny because I was, like, pouring my heart into describing how horrible Alan uh, can really be uh, as a Nosferatu, what his true visage looks like. And then Greg's character, it just doesn't react to it because his character is kind of... He wouldn't, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And then I'm like, you know, when you work with improv theater, you often get to you, you get to know that you have to embrace what other people do and lift it up in order to keep the spirits high. But you don't really have to do that when when we're doing what we're doing because that would create that's what you know creates the conflict and the drama and the sort of not being able to foresee what's going to happen and how how the crew is going to stay together. And I remember Matthias, for example, uh, he was a bit disappointed with Curse of Stard, uh, how Roman and Roshik didn't really bond as well as uh, Bjorn and Carver had done in the cult campaign, because he is a, he, he is a big fan of keeping the team uh, together mm -hmm. in a way. And he often plays the glue in those situations. He plays uh, strong characters who care about the rest of the party, uh, which is really lovely. And Matthias has a lot of strengths, and I love playing with him. But if we're talking about Craig now, then that's something I really like about him, <laughs> is that you never really know what you're going to get. I, I think part, it really swings both I think part ways. of it is because... I mean, you, like I said... I, I was yeah. going to say, I think part of it is because I trust no, you go, go, go. and Matthias that it's okay. And even then, as when I'll tell you, I still yeah. check in and feel a bit like, oh, no, was I actually... Because I'd never, in my like relaxed play group, I'm never that sort of character. I, I couldn't bear it because I'd be so worried about actually you know like be you know oh i'm you know the classic that's what my character would do i don't want to be that guy i do not want to be <laughs> yeah. that person i want to just have fun with my friends and so i'm normally a bit more hey how's it you know I, I like to be a team player but here because we're trying to focus on that narrative i suppose sometimes I, I try i just try although the secret is that most of the time with my mean characters apart from one or two if you <laughs> kind of try and break through the meanness i probably will eventually kind of go okay i'm sorry I'm sorry, I'm a mean jerk. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. a it's a tough exterior with a soft inside. Mm. Yeah, uh, very it, much so. I mean, there there is a very kind and loving Craig behind that. Well, I loved... Um, <laughs> but maybe the characters as well. Then, I yeah. loved... Uh, <laughs> they all have that. My theory. favorite example yeah. of this was in a, a one-shot we did, the, the Conan one-shot, uh, where you were... Yama was basically Jack Sparrow, and I was like the serious guy. And for the whole thing, I was like, and he was like, ha -ha! and then at the very end, the last scene where we did the venture, I was like, oh, you're not so bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You grew on me. Exactly. Uh... So uh, we, we've spent a lot of time talking about cult. Um, yeah. And it's an amazing game. And I do want to ask one more question about cult and then kind of kind of segue into something else. But uh, what is your favorite aspect of playing cult Divinity Lost? Hmm. Bed silent. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like how... I, I really like the disadvantage and dark secrets bit mm. because that is something that you don't get in many other games. And it, I, I find it really helps to build the character and to find what's traumatic to them, particularly that you're playing that round, you know? Mm -hmm. now, we, now we're going for a new game with new character, new characters... What have they been through and what can we explore in that? Um, because I find in many other systems, 
Yeah, I mean, there are some systems that encourage you to do some, have some backstory traits that might give you a plus one or a minus one in certain situations. But I feel what you get from the uh, the, the dark secrets uh, is that you you are encouraged to delve into that a bit more. What exactly was it that happened, and how has it shaped you? Uh, and how that later on turns into the sort of stability system where you keep losing this, your sense of the world, I I think is marvelous. I think that's one of my that that's my favorite aspect in it. That's fantastic because that that in particular is also what has drawn me to the game, um, mm. particularly the last piece that you mentioned with the stability and kind of losing your grip on the world, and then how things like the dark secret play into that. Well, yeah. I mean, because it does, it ties together very well all all the aspects there. Yeah, the dark, yeah. the dark um, secrets. Like we we've discussed ourselves. Like sometimes they can actually be hard when you're doing a pre written campaign because you could have a whole campaign of a character dark secret. Yeah, especially the disadvantages. Like it's a great yeah. mechanic, but it's one you have to be careful with because if you had a, you know you roll badly on your wanted and it says right that person's coming for you this episode. And you're like, oh, oh, that wasn't what was supposed yeah. to happen. But it's great. If you go with it, it can be so like, I, the game's narrative can just flow from its rules. And that's one of the things. Yeah. And in, um, in, in Teroticum, we did, uh, at least my character, I created a character with too much uh, past threads that I personally wanted to explore that there wasn't room for exploring because we had to get on with the show and with the campaign. So it, it can sort of overthrow a bit of, of a set campaign, at least if you do it like we do it, because we, we try to create something that you need to keep moving forward in the story. Like you say, if we're going to be a radio theater-esque kind of show, uh, you can't get too hung up on some certain aspects uh, or it would just go on forever. But if you're playing casually with friends or don't have that intention, then that's, you know, fire away. Go do three dark secrets if you want to for your <laughs> character and see what you have time to explore. Uh, but, uh, yeah, for, for us, we have, have learned our lessons <laughs> when it comes to that. Also, I think for me, um, I really like, as I like with all sort of Power by the Apocalypse engine games, I just love... It's in cult, and there's a lot of games coming out like this now. I'm I'm a big fan of the narrative rule games. I love it when rules help you with the narrative, as opposed to in some games where I sometimes I feel they you know get in the way. Not always in a bad way, like you know you know what I mean, like like, like when you're sitting around a table with miniatures and you have mm. a map in front of you and you have all the abilities out. I I find that fun. I'm having fun, but I feel when you haven't got those things. And you're trying to remember in D&D, like how the range of the fireball and where it actually goes and the reflex save. And then it just slows. The narrative just slows. What you okay. want to happen is you throw a fireball, yeah. boom, oh, I kill something. And it's more like, hang on. Just, you know. <laughs> oh, but also the, the whole sort of failing forward mm. uh, mechanism that is there as well. Whenever you, yeah. you, you miss, There's not, there is no you miss. <laughs> there, there, there just isn't. There are consequences for everything, 
which invite role playing, not the destruction of your group, but to explore what happens when you break your leg or get knocked unconscious. Maybe all the, you know, group is assailed by something that they can't deal with. Uh, but it's not just about losing or winning when you meet something. It's about experiencing it, the the event. Oh, so it almost enriches the, it enriches the, the experience too. Like it's almost as if if I if I kind of botch this role, right, and get under mm. nine, how interesting are things going to get right now? <laughs> exactly. And then there are the holes that the GM can have, like. Yeah, no, uh, it doesn't, it seems okay. You 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 push through. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you get this, uh, what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah, it's what's going to happen? Constant anxiety for the rest <laughs> of the session because you just don't know when the other shoe's going to drop. Yeah. yeah. Especially like... if you if, in, notice that either a bit of silence of someone taking a note or something like that. <laughs> like, uh... yep. So like uh, in... The, the updated v5 system for vampire the masquerade they have you know mm-hmm. failures and the messy criticals and that's the way you can play that as well yeah. it's like you know you just succeed swimmingly well you'll find out what the actual result is mm. later <laughs> <laughs> lull you into something oh, well I, i'm a big fan of behind the scenes stuff like that like i i i, I I often in my games, you know, I never have, for example, investigation or, you know, like perception roles. I, I often never go, oh, yeah, you see nothing. Like, in fact, I think in, in Curse of Strahd, there was a time when I said to uh, Roshek when he failed the perception check, so you're looking at those guards, and yeah, I mean, there are guards, but they're not going to suddenly, that they could have potentially surround you. That couldn't, ha- that couldn't happen. <laughs> and Roshek was like, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, that, those guards on the wall totally couldn't close the gates. Which is really fun to play with as a player. You're like, okay, let's go all in on on this failed role, you know, let's, if you fail really badly in something that's not gonna, you know, directly hurt you, like physically, what, what can, how misguided can you get <laughs> instead? Right. To that end, um, Obviously, we've talked about cult, and you, you've run cult and Dungeons and Dragons and mm-hmm. Vampire the Masquerade on your podcast. What is your? What are your favorite game systems? Hmm. I've. I really like that what we just talked about. Any system that invites you to have consequences on everything, um, I love. And for some reason, uh, I have this, I, I am a bit crazy about space horror. So I, I, I really loved the Coriolis sessions that we have. I don't know if you're familiar with those. Uh, I'm not familiar with the system, but I did listen yeah. to some of the sessions. Yeah, it's Coriolis uh, by Free League. And for some reason, I got so nerdy with that system. I, I looked up all the rules and we have raw, <laughs> raw sessions where I get the absolute rule geek and uh, I don't have a battle with the GM, but we had to sort of stop and figure out how this is actually meant to be dealt yeah. with because we were playing sort of semi, um, semi-freehand, which didn't really work for me since I really liked the rules. And 
it had to be one way or the other. I, I mean, either completely freehand and we just make things up mm. uh, or we engage with the rules of that system because it's, I, 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 I so enjoy the combat rules there and everything else that you, that you get to do. I don't know if it's just the setting. It could be the amazing setting in that uh, rather than the system that I love, but I just love being Coriolis in space around that. I think there's more, a lot more for me to explore there as well when it comes to space games, because I haven't played that many. Uh, um, but that's what I say for now, yeah? Speaking of space horror and Free League, mm -hmm. uh, are you excited for the Alien game coming out? You know, I was thinking about that, obviously, <laughs> when when I was mentioning it. And I, as I didn't know the system, and we were talking about system, I didn't want to bring it up. But yes, I am so, <laughs> so insanely excited about that. I want, you know, I want to be that space marine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exposed I, to the horrors we are going to be running v5 games this is a bit of an aside but uh we're going to be running v5 at pax unplugged next month mm -hmm. and i'm actually picking up my pre-order copy from free league at the convention Ooh. early just so i can get my hands on it <laughs> nice oh yeah man i'm so curious about that we have been in talks with uh people who might want to run that with us fantastic can't say too much yet and obviously we have um a crazy amount of, of things planned for the next year but it's like we want to play that one and we were looking at it sort of like oh i wonder how the hype is gonna go and it was there was an initial huge hype now it's kind of died down a little bit so unfortunately that's the thing we have to bring into the situation you know how how hyped is this game how yeah. what is it gonna bring to us if we play it uh and yeah, I, I hope that it gets, you know, a bit more attention, that it sort of rises up a bit and that we can at least play a few sessions of it. I can't even say one shots anymore because, you know, the summit was meant to be a one shot. Uh, <laughs> our AD&D adventures was supposed to be a one shot. And, you know, I, 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 I know that if we were to do a one shot with Alien, uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be enough. <laughs> yeah, and it would it, probably it would. be massively popular as well because I know that a lot oh, of people yeah. who are, you know, in our community and fans of horror um, tabletop, you know, this is kind of one of the games that we're really keeping our eye on. Nice. I like to hear that. And I really hope that it gets the attention it deserves and that we'll get to sink our teeth into it. Excellent. I look forward to it. And I apologize, um, Craig. Hey. Your favorite game. Well, <laughs> well, no, because it's hard for me. Because even when I finally got to play uh, one of the fun things about that World of Darkness game, uh, well, that was World of Darkness, but a kind of custom version. And then the game before that, we went through several rule sets because it was a completely custom game anyway. So it was like, let's try GURPS. I'm not a fan of GURPS. Sorry. It's the math. Too much <laughs> math. You. Too much <laughs> math. I, I, you know, <laughs> I feel worst. bad because I totally acknowledge it's it's great if you, for doing anything with it. it. Really is. There's a lot of work put in it. But for me, I just can't remember any of the. So that's a plus one on that, but a minus two on that. But that thing is a minus five, and for that thing, it's twenty. And if you want to, if you want to increase your level, it's two XP. Oh, okay, unless you're level three, and then it's seven. And if you're level four, it's twenty-five. It's like, <laughs> wait, what? Uh, Don't forget to carry the one. Oh god, yeah, exactly. Just like I couldn't get it. Like, he was trying. I had a friend explaining like it's really simple. You just have like it goes a bit in increments of four, and I'm like, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I just ha I just want to buy a new ability. How do I do that? Um, I think for me, 
obviously I think I feel more I feel quite experienced now in V five at least. And then also a bit of older World of Darkness games as well, at least the basics of the dice pool D10 systems. Uh I feel there's a lot of games we've tried that have got me quite excited for some of our one shots. For example, I fought Conan. <laughs> I immediately yeah. liked that rule set. That was something really fun about it. Oh yeah, yeah when we paid with the mm. coins and back mm. and forth uh doing heroic feats uh, and stuff that was cool uh, there was a game we and and was that the one that you you could uh, sorry i have to ask you because you mentioned it was that the one that you could choose to fail something and then get points maybe <laughs> oh because that, that was also Nib nibiru nibiru <laughs> nibiru has that in it as well which i also that's the game oh, i got yeah. the pdf for that that's going to be i believe available at dragon meat at least in some copies i think that's a great game i loved it i loved our one shot that it's great. Oh, amnesiac yeah. system of, of creating your character as, as you go. That was incredible. Mm. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm really good at this. And then you tie your memories that together as you play. It's exactly. Like really, really cool. simple and yet quite complex at the same time. So that was really fun. And there was also something that we only got to play very briefly, but I was intrigued a lot. It was a Degenesis. Folks have oh, heard yeah. of that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about it the other day. Oh, yeah. wonderful. No, I, 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 the, oh, some of it is amazing. And, and just the way the book's laid out. And I was looking through that for yeah, the PDF. Yeah. And yeah, so, that, that, yeah, there's a lot of interesting systems we've dabbled with very quickly that I often find I get very fascinated with. Um, mm -hmm. I have to, when you mention the Genesis, I have to give credit to them. Uh, sorry, what is the company? That's a six. Is it a six more vodka? Six more vodka. Yes, I have to give credit to Six More Vodka. Uh, it was really fun that they reached out to us and and gave us time to play that with them, and they have actually contacted us again uh, and would like more, which I no am more. super excited about. We'll we'll see what that turns mm -hmm. into, but it, it made me feel grateful and excited. Uh, this is actually a good segue. I want to I want to hear a little bit more about what what you guys have coming in the future. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I know that we're you, you hinted at that um, obviously with that latest episode. There's going to be more with the summit with with Matthew Dawkins. But um, what what other um, what other games do we have coming down the pike? Mm. Now that makes me wondering what we can say. I, 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 okay, I know one thing we can say because we've already said there is of course No Man's Season Two. No Man's Man Season Two. Mm -hmm. That's happening. Beautiful. Yeah. Hmm. We we are yeah we're already recording that and we are super ahead on that because it's yeah it's gonna it, it's probably not gonna release until you know near the end of next year as it is now because we're gonna always have a cult game going that's just mm -hmm. we just have to do that now it feels like and it's it's gonna be probably mostly in the Patreon levels because the mainstream we. We're gonna keep exploring a few more other games, uh, but I mean, Greg, is this is it is it anything that is secret anymore? I feel like uh, we kind of. I don't. <laughs> you see, this is where uh, Matthias is the one who knows all the official stuff going on. Well, I think I hang on. Maybe we can say I think there's definitely going to be one game we haven't played before on the. Yeah, one game we haven't played before on the main channel. That's a popular game. And we will be playing it. And it is perhaps a horror game. All right. I think we can say <laughs> that. You know, uh, we, I think, I mean, we can, can we say we're going to play Cthulhu? 
We can. Well, there you go. There, yeah. Okay. We're gonna play a bit of golf. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the squid's out of the bag. I mean, yeah. Obviously, you can always cut stuff. I had to check that with you, but uh, I think the idea is during the spring that we're going to play Call of Cthulhu, uh, which is, I personally have been itching to play for a very long time. I've had friends who who played in their groups, but I've never gotten into it myself. Oh man, and I love I... the whole cosmic horror thing. Uh, I like, I love Lovecraft. You know the things yep, that I've read. Uh, uh, Call of Cthulhu is my all-time favorite game system so i am very excited for you and i'm looking forward to that one but yeah let us know if we have to cut this to be honest (laughs) it probably is fine because you know it's it's just one of our things because i i I think to be more specific that it's because i think there is a swedish version coming soon i think Mm. it's tied into that like we had some friends who might be doing something interesting and so tied into that sort of thing uh and yeah we also to be honest had lots of requests for call of cthulhu uh what the reason we didn't do it for a while is because I think Matthias and I agreed we simply felt for a while there were so many other shows that have done it really well. Like they've done it really yeah. well already. And it was like, we, I'm a big fan of other shows. And I, you know, we often say, like, you know, please listen to us, but please listen to all these other amazing narrative shows. There are yeah. loads. So I think it was like we were trying to find, like, oh, what could we do that was a bit more unique? Yeah, that's yeah. true play towards mm. our niche a bit more and now that we we have that and people that we i mean we've gotten a bit more known <laughs> well we want to got them any <laughs> now maybe we could do that as well you know maybe now it's our time to 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 step into that it's called know, Cthulhu. like i i i i, I want to put my <laughs> oldie english accent on hello it's definitely appropriate for sure yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. So that and more cult and more vampire, probably. Oh, yeah, we can say that for now. Yes. So really, Excellent. one thing that is fun about the Cthulhu campaign is that it's going to be back to the core team again. It's going to be me, and Matthias, and Craig, uh, as it seems now, because we had a lot of guests in our uh, main show. And it's like up to a point where I get really excited about just playing with Matthias and Craig again. <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh, uh, not like that's a big surprise because obviously we really get along really well. Uh, but we haven't done that in the main feed for a while because it's been these uh, cult adventures. Uh, it's it's only really been cult. No, of course it was D and D as well when we did Gas of Strahd. But oh, yeah, I've, it's it's a it's fun thing to be excited I, about. I took I've, I I've taken the leap with the mummy stuff we've done, and it's all guests. It's really fun. I was like, hi, <laughs> Matthew Dawkins, and then the yeah. writers uh, he knows, uh, and it was like, yeah, that was a great. That was really fun. Just like, hi, it's all guests. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> cool. It's I love of, that. It's kind of like a, a class reunion, getting the boys back in town. Mm. Yeah, you know th- that's exactly it. That's exactly it because we know each other so well by now. We know, yeah, the the you know our 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 goods and the bad stuff. We we just really rely on each other, which is an amazing feeling. That... We're, def- we're definitely looking forward to that. That's gonna be really that's gonna be really great and and on brand for sure. I'm I'm really excited to see oh, yeah. what that'll turn into. 
100%. Excellent. Thank you. And uh, and yeah, and then and also still lots of stuff though with our guests because we're really loving our guests. Uh, that was one thing, especially as we've been going on, we really wanted to try and have different voices involved just because then just from a pure narrative point of view, you know, it just gives you that authenticity of different people. Which, yeah. you know, different. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, gentlemen, we really appreciate you joining us for this time. We know uh, we've taken up a little bit more of your time than we said we would. Uh, so we want to give you a chance to um, shout out, give a shout out to anyone you'd like to and uh, just let people know where they can find you online. Yeah. Uh, thank you, guys. It's It's been really fun to be on. And uh... Yeah, like you mentioned, we have our Patreon uh, at patreon.com slash redmondroleplaying where we really, really appreciate your support. Anyone who listens and enjoys our stuff. And if you're curious about playing with me, uh, you can check out the video that Helmgast released uh, recently uh, where I describe the code system and you get a flavor for how I would play uh, with someone. And Craig, you will have heard uh, in our Castle Strahd and D&D games, but he also, like you mentioned, the Oakwood Heights, well worth taking a look at if you want to get an idea how it would be to play with him as your uh, game master. Mm. And yes, please do check us out at our website, www.redmoonroleplaying.com. That has links to all our Facebooks, our Twitter stuff. Uh, also, because I'm currently doing uh, my current D&D show actually does have some other individuals or other channels like both of them how we both how we roll and encounter role play they've both had guests on our shows and they're really great shows as well I feel they they do similar stuff to us like they have a similar big emphasis on narrative drama uh, and I enjoy listening to them so check them out as well if you haven't heard of them but like our style Hmm. Yeah, and we want to big, give a big uh, shout out to all the lovely people we've met through Wizards of the Coast, uh, through Satine uh, Phoenix, who connected us with uh, Dan here in London, and then got us, you know, further connected with Wizards of the Coast, enabling us to do this early release of Descent into Avernus and get into all that good stuff. Uh, we want to thank all the companies that we've worked with, uh, like Modifius, uh, Helmgast. Uh, who have lent us their absolute best people and all their thoughts and early access to material. Uh, Free League, uh, Adam, who came in, who was a writer for uh, Coriolis, uh, who got us through that, and all our guest players. Uh, I, I can't really name anyone because I'm afraid I'd, I'd forget someone, but you've been an amazing asset to us. And brought us so much new flavor to the cast and inspired us. It's it's been fantastic to do. And I also want to give a big shout out to to my friends that I started role playing with during my uh, military service. Uh, you guys know who you are. It, it's uh, meant the world what we explored at that point. Just rambling as we've rambled today here for these poor souls. Uh, yeah, uh, on our Patreon, we do have our little actual Ask for the Moon where we just chat like this. So if you enjoyed this sort of nattering.
I want to I want to extend my thanks on behalf of um, the entire fan base of uh, Redmond Role Playing. I count myself among them. Um, the way that you guys approach gaming is is unique. It's entertaining. Um, it's emotionally driven, fun, and funny. Um, and you guys have been fantastic today. You're you're two very cool guys who have a lot of respect in the industry, and I look forward to seeing your success and, and watching along. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you for listening to the Gehenna Gaming Podcast. Your attention has been noted. You can find us online at GehennaGaming.com, on Twitter at GehennaGaming, twitch.tv slash GehennaGaming, and patreon.com slash GehennaGaming. And remember, your suffering will be legendary even in hell.